Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge Television, brought to you by our friends at Ditchwitch. Bass Edge Television is on WFN, which is the World Fishing Network, and on Wild TV in Canada. And of course, we'll be back on the Versus Network in January 2009. This is Outdoors Dan, along with the host of Bass Edge, Aaron Martin. And Aaron, I understand we're going to be checking in with Pete Pons today. Yeah, our buddy Pete Pons. And uh, he's got a lot of uh, great techniques to share that's uh, specific to this time of year. So we always look forward to hearing what he has to say. Well, that's going to be interesting. Then we're going to have a nice inside edge segment. I believe we're going to have, uh, is it Jake Tippy? Yeah, Jake Tippy of Ardent Outdoors. Uh, he's going to be talking about some of the new products that they came out with and uh, debuted there at ICAST. Oh, that should be exciting. Now, is that Ardent Reels? Yes, Ardent Reels. Uh, the parent company is actually called Ardent Outdoors. I pro- probably should have mentioned that it's actually Ardent Reels. So. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. I just thought I'd ask. Man, you know, no, that's a great question. You know me, I'm always asking questions. <laughs> yeah. Hey, folks, so we got a good uh, podcast for you. It's all right here for you on the edge. You're listening to The Edge, the official audio program of Bass Edge. Brought to you in part by Ditch Witches On. Experience the revolution. Oh, look here. I got one. I got one. Look here. <laughs> I mean, he whacked that football jig. The blades will dictate a lot of times the speed of the retrieve or the depth of that bait. Oh, good fish. Good fish. Did you see him come off that log? Oh, look at that song gun, man. That's awesome. You know, you've got to just stay active. Fishing is not easy. Oh, man, that's a toad. This is unbelievable. Hi, welcome to The Edge. This is Outdoors Dan checking in with Mr. Aaron Martin. And Aaron, I tell you what, the fall is coming really quick. It is. It's uh, kind of knocking on our doorstep, you know, and um, a lot of a lot of good fishing. And also the hunting now starts to come into play. Yeah, I'm excited. I tell you, it's going to be great. Yeah, did you hear I won a million at the Forest Wood Cup? <laughs> was that was that your name? You're you're also known as uh, AKA Michael Bennett. Is that is that what it is? You, you got me. That's my <laughs> alias, man. Can you? I told you that guy's on fire, man. He That's is. good. He is. I, I would like to be his agent about right now because I'm sure he's feeling pretty good. Yeah, but you know the sad part about it after taxes and with the gas prices, he he really ain't going to have that much yeah. left over. I feel bad for him. Uh, I'm sure you do, and and I, w- I would stick with that if that helps you feel better. But uh, <laughs> I know one thing: I'd still roll the dice and take it any day of the week. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, congratulations to Michael Bennett and his family. I know that was a tremendous win for him, and uh, that was an exciting fishing tournament. It was. And did you notice that uh, Terry Bolton, our good friend there that was on uh, Bass Edge Season 2 with me on Clark's Hill, uh, actually finished third, and he put uh, an additional $75,000 in his pocket. So congratulations out to Terry. Absolutely. Way to go, Terry. Yeah. I, did not, I did not know that, actually, he, so congratulations. Yeah, and, and you remember, you know, his wife, uh, Pam Bolton, Pam Wood Bolton, hyphenated. Uh, don't you think there's a little bit of rivalry going on there now because she also competes, you know, as the co-angler. So, uh I anyway. tell you, that whole family, man, between her, Terry, and Michael, <laughs> all of them are successful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, you've got the singer that you got to throw in there, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's exciting <laughs> for the whole family. It gives everybody something to brag about at Christmas. That, that's right. That's right. So, yeah. Hey, I understand you got to, uh, went fishing out on T-Rock. Yeah, I did. I got I got to go, you know, it uh, seems anymore that uh, I always get to travel elsewhere, but uh, I did. I, I booked a little bit of time uh, to, to get out on Table Rock and had some uh, friends in from from Ditch Witch there at Perry, Oklahoma. Had a great time. We went out, and uh, early in the morning we started shallow. Uh, tried a little bit of top water and some shaky heads, and then as the sun uh, popped out, 
Uh, we actually moved out into the deeper structure and uh, drop-shotted and uh, used uh, the electronics and, and fishing the deep stuff. Yeah, and I got a little note here. This would be a great time to plug the deep fishing and electronics DVD. There you go. I don't know who sent that to you. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, folks, we're supposed to tell you, hey, it's a great time to, you know, push your orders in for Christmas for the deep fishing electronics DVD that the, Bass Edge put out. There you go. And, did you uh, watch that on the boat, by the way? I, uh, no, I did not. I was too busy watching my uh, electronics screen. Uh, light up with fish and the the carnage that was taking place under the water. I mean, it was it was just amazing. I mean, you know, when when those fish get schooled up under those bait pods of bait fish, you know, you can literally just drop your bait down there. And I can see, you know, my my uh, weight, the the bait itself, and then also the swivel. And you know, in real time, you're literally watching those fish come up out of that school and hit that bait. So yeah, and I understand your daughter had a good time catching a bunch well, of crab. Well, yeah, actually, we did. Yeah, that that trip ended up at uh, 1 p.m. And so I came in and I noticed on the graph while we were out there in some of the shallow uh, areas that I was checking in the 12 foot range, I kept noticing I was just seeing enormous amounts of, of brim that was in there. So uh, I put the boat on the trailer, came back and extended the invitation out to uh, Diana and Maya, and we jumped in the boat, back in the boat, took off, grabbed some night crawlers and took a split shot rig and went out and just absolutely had a blast. And, uh, you know, of course, she's only four and a half years old. But one of the things that I remember growing up as a kid, Dan, was, and, and you share this too, I know, is, uh, you know, just being able to go out and, and the excitement of catching fish and, uh, you know, having that tug on the end of the, of the line and, and getting back to the basics. It was a lot of fun just to watch her and, and see that excitement on her face. Absolutely. It's always a good time seeing the kids, especially when it's your own children out there, just having that big old smile and catching, reeling and fishing. That's right. Hey, uh, Jeff Jorgensen just got back, and I just got through watching uh, one of our uh, fishing deals for our TV show next year. Uh-huh. He caught a 125-pound bluefin tuna, good and night. we'll have that on the show next year, but it took him a half an hour to get it in. Now, what in the world did he catch that on? He caught it on about a 12, 13-inch squid. Uh, lure. It was the biggest lure I've ever seen, but they had like four or five of these uh, squids on this grate, and that what they would do is they would uh, troll that behind the boat, and these tuna were just coming up, and they had it set up to where the, the tuna would hit the very last one. That was the only one that had a hook in it, mm-hmm. and it just took him forever to get that fish up. And Good I grief. mean, Jeff's a big boy. I mean, he's, he's, he looks like Lou Ferrigno. He's just a muscle-bound guy, and it was everything he could do to haul that fish up. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, after, and I'm sure it took him a long time to get the thing in the boat. Yeah. Oh, it was crazy. Uh, but I think you'll enjoy that if you see it next year. But I had to throw that in. I, I just, uh, I've never caught a big tuna, but uh, I don't know if I want to after watching that either. I've heard it's brutal. I mean, yeah. I've, I've heard it's it's fun once it's over, but during it, you know, you're you're really questioning your sanity by having that thing tied on the end of your line. Yeah, I'll stick with the little 10-pound bass. There, there you go. There you yeah, go. there you go. Well, folks, we're going to have some uh, really good stuff. Speaking of bass, uh, Pete Ponds, uh, those two words go together and i think we're going to do that after these fine words from our sponsors so we'll be right back right here on the edge give any type of boat the edge with megaware keel guard it's simple to install and we can now beach our boat anywhere if you own a boat you need one of these megaware keel guard protects the keel of your boat from sand abrasion from underwater obstructions even concrete boat ramps kit started under 140 dollars, and best yet it's guaranteed to keep on protecting for life Thanks, MegaWare Keelguard. Thanks, MegaWare Keelguard. Welcome back to The Edge, brought to you in part by Ditch Witches On, establishing a new standard in trencher power and versatility. 
All right, we are back on the edge, and joining us this week is Elite Angler, and also one of the very few that has been with Bass Edge since its inception, and that is Mr. Pete Ponds. Pete, thanks so much again for being part of the edge. Hey, Aaron, it's my pleasure to be here as always, and uh, looking forward to having a discussion with you. Here we are at the, towards the end of August, and you know you hear so much talked or spoken, I guess, about uh, the dog days and kind of the summertime and the doldrums. And, uh, you know, this is really a, a hot time of the year uh, all across the country when it comes to targeting bass, but there's still a lot of great fishing to be done. Absolutely. You know, we just uh, completed the Elite Series, and I'm going to tell you, Aaron, up north it's hot just like it is down south here where I live. I live in Mississippi, and sometimes, you know, depending on what part of the United States you live in, you use a little bit different techniques than you would, uh, you know, normally. Well, and, and I think you bring up a good point there in, in kind of making the the description uh, regardless of where you're at geographically because it's just like when we talk about, you know, deep water, that's, that's kind of a relative term, and uh, so is hot water, you know. It, every place gets hot uh, relative to, to where you're at and according to the time of the year. And, you know, what I would like to do, oftentimes you hear us anglers talk a lot about a bass as a bass, and... You know, I think there is some truth to that, but bottom line, there does come a point in time to where we have to make some distinctions between uh, where you're fishing at in the country. Would you Would you agree with that? Yeah, you know, I, I agree that a bass is a bass, but also you have to understand what season it is and where you are in the United States. You know, if you're up in New York, then of course their August is not going to be the same as it is down in Mississippi in August. So. You also have to understand what stage that the fish are in, whether they're in the post-spawn or, or uh, the spawn or even in the fall-type pattern. You know, um, in August up in New York, for instance, or up in the, the highland-type reservoirs that are really deep, then, of course, I'd want to use a bait like a drop shot, and I'd use my electronics a lot. You know, I would look for uh, bait fish. You know, I'd want to know how big the bait fish are, how small they are, you know, whether they're shad, whether they're perch whether crayfish, whether river minnows, or what type of bait fish, you know. There's so many different variables in there. And, and to start out, probably the first thing I would do is get on the lake, and I would watch my electronics, and I would notice at what depth that the bait were using if I was up north. And if they're, say, they're using 20 feet, then that, was the, that would be the area that I would concentrate on, the depth of 20 feet. Of course, down south, you know, you would want to, we all know that most, most of the times, and I say, like you said, deep is a relative word, down south, you would want to look a little bit shallower than that in August and then, you know, September and October. As the bait fish start moving back in the south, of course, they would move to the backs of the creeks and that type of thing. So you would look a little bit shallower than what you would up north in those style lakes. So kind of starting of what you just described as far as talking about or, or determining what seasonal condition or, or pattern that the fish are in, what would you say is, is a, a kind of a pretty safe uh, assumption that the bass are doing right now? Well, I would say right now that bait fish are the key. I mean, you have to follow the bait fish, whether you're up, up north or down south, or, or whether you're on a highland reservoir or a lowland reservoir, or whether you're on a river system. You're, you're always following the bait fish this time of the year. And again, that is when the spawn is over with, you know, during the middle of the summer to late summer or into the fall uh, when when that period takes place then you want to follow the bait fish you know and, and in in locating those bait fish i know one of the things that you brought up was the use of electronics um what are you looking for specifically 
on your electronics, but then also where are you actually looking like for those high percentage areas? I mean, what parts, let's say if you show up and, and we're on a new reservoir that maybe that we haven't been on, are there certain areas that you always check out first? And if so, what determines if you're going to actually going to stop there in that location and fish? Yeah, you know, up north, and I'd concentrate, I'd start out on the points. You know, like I said, what I would do is, is I'd, I'd idle over to or run over to a point, and I would look around for balls of bait fish. And you can see these on your electronics by setting it on the automatic from the factory setting. And, you know, most of the electronics nowadays are, are good enough to where you can see that type still, and it's just a big ball of shad, and you can notice how deep that the shad are, you, you know, or a big ball of bait fish, and you can notice how deep that the, the fish are, and uh, that's where you would start looking for that. You know, and then transferring, I guess, down in, into the south part, maybe where they have more vegetation or the water isn't quite as deep when compared to the north. Does that hold true down there as well? Absolutely. But in the south, you're looking for a lot of surface activity. You're looking for any type of movement on the water. And sometimes you can even do without your electronics there because uh, they're generally shallower. And when you see a lot of movement on the surface, then you know that that's an area that you need to be searching uh, a little bit harder in. So kind of when it comes down to targeting the fish, let's say, uh, let's assume now we've maybe went out on a point uh, in the north and we've found some, some schools of bait fish maybe that are holding deep, or even in the south we've seen that visual, that surface activity that's taking place. Um, you know, I know one of the, the techniques that you brought up was, was the drop shot. You know, I guess if you had to kind of break it down into a handful of techniques that you're going to be targeting bass this time of year with, um, you know, what's your preference there? You know, a drop shot would be a key technique to use up north. You know, you've got uh, the line size plays a big part in that drop shot. And usually on the line size and line type, what I like to do is different than a lot of the pros is I use braid. I mean, I'll use a 10-pound uh, test braid with a 2-pound line diameter. And then what I'll also do is tie a little swivel there. And then from the swivel down to the actual bait, I use uh, fluorocarbon. I use a line called Vicious Fluorocarbon. It's usually six to eight pound test. Now, I was just fishing not long ago, and the size of the line really mattered up north. I'm, I'm talking about it, it mattered whether you use six or eight. You know, I was beside another guy that was using eight pound test, and I was using six pound test, and I was getting all the bites. So, you know, in clear water situations, the smaller the line that you can get away with, the better off you are. And I think that really, really plays key in catching fish. You know, also the type of reels and stuff that you're using. I like to use an ardent reel, spinning reel. Uh, you know, that's a great product to use on the drop shot. Well, and, and you know, there were several things there, Pete, that you, that you said that I totally agree with. If you remember back in Season 2, uh, when we were able to actually fish there on Amstead uh, together, you know, one of the things that we did that day was actually see how many patterns that we could come up with. And, you know, that, that was later in the year. I mean, that was right there, right about this time that we're talking about. I think it was another week or so later when we were down there because it was right after the, the BASS Open tournament there in September. But using that braid, and that's one of the things that I found is that by using that braid, you don't have near the stretch. And, and you know, when you're fishing, let's say, in deep water, you know, 30, 40 feet down, not having that stretch and being able to more or less reel set you know, that hook and drive that hook into that fish's mouth, uh, that plays a, a huge factor in, in making sure that those fish wind up in the boat. Absolutely. I mean, not to even mention anything about the sensitivity of it, you know. It's so much more sensitive. You can tell when you're getting a bite, it really makes a big difference as far as, 
you know, being able to catch fish or missing fish. Sure. And and a lot of times, are you uh, fishing the drop shot vertically, or are you actually making a cast with it and reeling it back to the boat? You know, I think both of those techniques that you mentioned are, are really good ones. You know, I've done it both ways. Sometimes the fish prefer that that you you know can do it vertically, and you, that's a little bit more advanced type technique where you're actually looking at the fish on your on your graph there. But there's nothing wrong with casting it out there and pulling it either down the ledge or even up the ledge. And that's something that each individual has to experiment with in order to know which, which way works better at that time of the year. And, and quickly, before we transition over to the next technique, what are you putting on the end of the, of the line, on the hook, on the business end? Well, you know, any type of small bait, it doesn't really matter the specifics. I, I try to you know, resemble whatever type bait fish. You know, like I said, uh, up north they've got perch, and, and down here we don't really have what we call perch. You know, perch uh, in the north is a fish that has orange and yellow and, and all kinds of different colors and stripes on it, whereas in the south you don't really have all those different stripes and things like that. And I'm not saying that no bait fish has stripes. What I'm saying is there's certain characteristics of the north that, that are not in the south, and I think that's the gist of the idea of trying to explain the difference in the two. Um, I'll use a shad type or a crawfish type, but it needs to be a small bait. It be something that's, uh, you know, that doesn't have a lot of uh, bulkness to it. You know, you certainly wouldn't want to put a lure like a big creature style bait on the end of your drop shot. You want a finesse type bait on there. Sure, and, and I think that goes back to just because of the simple fact that, you know, really what we know is uh, through Bob Lusk being on here, the fisheries biologist, several times, and, and you know, he states that, that, that a fish's comfort zone is really between 53 and 83 degree water temperature. Well, a lot of times we see water temperature that is way above that, so, you know, you're, you're really trying to entice and create a reaction and kind of a subtle really drop that, and then hence that's why it's called drop shot, I think, but really drop that bait right in front of the nose of that fish so that it makes a nice, easy meal or that you anger him to where it's going to cause a reaction. That's exactly right. You know, there's so many times, you know, fish are predators and they like to ambush things. And they might, he might be sitting there right beside a big boulder, you know, and waiting on something to come by. And that's the situation with that. And I think it works really well, you know, especially in those deeper type reservoirs. Kind of changing our focus now to, to the next technique, Pete, you know, beyond drop shotting. What is another, you know, very successful technique that you've been able to capitalize on this time of year? You know, I think everybody knows that I love to throw crankbaits. I mean, I, I just, that's probably one of my best search baits, and it's one of the, the baits that I get the most enjoyment out of fishing. But, you know, it, it, whenever I say crankbaits, I'm thinking more of the southern region. I'm thinking about, you know, cranking the grass lines, and you ask where you would start to look. Uh, you know, I would first look for the bait fishing where I saw a lot of activity down south, and then I would look for grass lines, and I would look for cuts. And what I mean by a cut is, I mean, you know, where you're going down the river, everybody knows this, and, and you, you're leading into a pond or, or a backwater slough, the mouth of that is called is what we call the cut. And, uh, you know, you take your crankbait and just crank those cuts right there, and you're also looking for bait fish. And if you see those bait fish flickering around, usually it's shad. If you see that happening in those cuts, then you just, of course, throw the crankbait through the cut and see what you come up with. Another place that I would look is river ledges. You know, a lot of times in the fall, everyone knows that the shad moves up to, uh, you know, migrate towards the backs of the rivers. And again, we're looking for the bait fish. And when I see that, if it's anywhere near the edges of the rivers or the sides of the rivers, 
then I want to take that crankbait and I want to put my boat in, say, 10 or 12 feet and crank up on 2 or 3 feet right on the edge of the river. And, you know, sometimes, Aaron, that, even fishing the bank is a very good uh, technique to use that time of the year. And, uh, you know, you got points. And you have one thing that we all overlook is flats. But right. on those flats, where are the fish going to be on those flats? Well, where are the bait fish? Well, you find the bait fish, and it's usually if those bait fish are over towards the edge, right where the flat drops off into the river, then you got, you're going back to the method that I was talking about of river legends, you know. So it's a, it's a really fun time to fish, man. You catch a lot of fish doing it, and uh, it's a really easy time to fish. You, know, you get so many people talking about the dog days of summer. Don't believe it because those fish have to eat just like we do, you know. I totally agree. And, and you know, one of the other things that, that uh, you know, when I fished with you several times uh, throughout the, the, the Bass Edge projects and then also just recreationally, Pete, that I respect so much about your techniques and why you are so effective at crankbaiting is the fact that you have really, I guess, the, the terminal tackle set up in place to be able to function uh, and make that bait perform the way you want. And one of the things that you taught me very early on was the fact of the need to make those long casts, especially like when you talk about fishing those cuts that's coming out of the, the back of maybe a backwater situation because you never know exactly where those fish are going to be stacked up on that. And in a shallow water situation, you really don't want to be running your boat back and forth over top of that to try and locate those fish on the uh, electronics. That's exactly right. You know, I use reels that, that allow me to cast a little further than the normal reels. And I'm telling you, the distance has a lot to do with whether you catch a fish or not that time of year. And it's very important to make pinpoint casts and also uh, long casts as well. But, uh, you know, that that's all part of, part of the system of trying to catch fish, you know, in the fall and late summer. And, you know, even when I, I think that when you look at, for instance, like, like crankbaiting, and here in our, our last closing minute or so, you know, one of the things that, that all of us have in common is that our time on the water is very important because, you, you know, maybe you're, you, you've worked all week and you've only got one day to, to get out on the, on the lake. You know, you want to make sure you're maximizing that time. Absolutely. What will help you do that is to look and pay attention to what nature is giving you there. And if it's giving you signs, of where the fish are or where the bait fish are, and that'll help you locate the fish. And it's not necessarily do you have to use the specific lures that we talked about today. You can use other type lures. But the main key is to pay attention to what's going on. You know, don't be looking at the airplane going over. And I'm not saying don't have a good time because there's so much more to fishing than fishing. But I'm saying pay attention to what nature is offering you as clues and that's all this is is a giant puzzle and that's what's so entertaining and so fun about it you know next time you get out there you need to pay attention to what's going on look to see where what nature is offering you as a clue and then that's part of part of having fun with fishing and in, a, in our, the last question, Pete, is do you have different depths uh, of crankbaits or different styles that will reach different depths uh, tied on all at the same time to cover the full water column, or are you basically just going with, with one bait? Well, you know, of course, uh, again, you're looking for bait fish, but then also I have a tackle box set up with, uh, you know, I actually have 100 series bandits written on it, and I've got 200 series, and I'm not trying to plug banded. This is actually in my boat. I know you've seen it. Right. Uh, you know, 300 series bandits, and I've got tackle boxes set up. And I know everyone can't buy that many bandits but uh, or even that many crankbaits in general. But uh, you do need to have different depths set up for, you know, whatever style of fishing. And, and what tells you what depth to use, again, is the bait fish at boards that the bass are feeding on. And that, that gives you the clue. So, you know, it, it's so cool 
to figure that out, man. I just can't tell you how interesting that is, you know. Well, it's it's one of the best feelings in the in the world, and you know I I think that's that's why we all love to do this. Unfortunately, Pete, you know I I always have uh, I guess I'm a little naive in thinking that when we get on here we've got so many things to talk about, and it seems like we never have enough time. But we will definitely have you back on to kind of uh, finish up the discussion. But for now, we are out of time. Any closing uh, thoughts or that before we get out of here? You know, so many times, Aaron, that we get questions on AskThePros@BassEdge.com. It's just awesome to be able to answer those and understand that this is our own personal opinions. It not, might not be Denny Breyer's opinion or Rick Klund's opinion, but it's Pete Pond's opinion or whoever you're offering that to. But one thing that helps a lot, Aaron, is we get so many questions from all over the United States. If they'll specify what lake they're on or what, or what region of the United States they're in, that will help so much And you know, give, letting us give you the correct answer. Uh, because, you know, I know a bass is a bass, but one technique might not be working on one place where another technique is working, you know. That's great advice, Pete. And, and uh, once again, thank you so much for your time. Wish you the best of luck, and uh, we'll be talking to you in the near future. Hey, it's my pleasure, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Does he love techniques or what? <laughs> you know, and, and he's the same way when you've got him out in the boat. Of course, that was uh, evident on uh, the numerous tapings that we've done together. But he, he is just so excited to be able to share that. And, you know, every time I, I've never seen a guy that uh, continues to just raise the bar on the excitement level uh, when he's able to catch fish. Man, I like the fact that he has all his techniques bro- uh, broken up to different regions of the country, you know, south, north, east, and west. Yeah. That's a that's a pretty good way to catalog, you know. Uh, you know, I would think, Aaron, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, because sometimes I am, believe it or not. <laughs> but uh, I would think that would be a good way to categorize your your ta- your terminal tackle as well, having a pack for the East Coast, a pack for the West Coast. I mean, can you do it that way, or do you do you still have to carry everything in those systems? Well, y- you know, you you can. Um, and, and yes, to answer your question, there are, there are specific uh, geographic baits. You know that that you'll use, but the, but the great thing about it is, I think as anglers, sometimes we overcomplicate it. And simplicity, uh, you know, when you look at green pumpkin, you know that's a universal color. When you mm-hmm. look at uh, crayfish, you know that's something that's that's pretty much consumed or bait fish or things like that. Now, what you do is you get into you know different types, maybe threadfin shad versus gizzard shad, you know, versus the blueback herring. So you'll start changing up maybe some of your skirt colors and some things like that. But there are universal truths uh, that you can take across the country. You know, and in Pete's particular case, uh, in talking specific about uh, summertime fishing and kind of this transition period that we'll be getting ready to go through, is that, you know, down south, deep is kind of a relative term. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe deep in the south is going to be 12 to 14 feet, whereas you get into the highland reservoirs or, you know, something like Lake Mead or something like that, you know, you're talking maybe 50 or 60 feet. And so that's what he's trying to do is break it down uh, specific, like on the drop shotting, uh, maybe you have some vegetation, some lakes you just have rock, uh, those type of things. But bottom line is it all comes back to that the techniques that he described, you know, throwing those those deeper crankbaits, doing the drop shot, those type of things can actually be used anywhere. It's just a matter of, you know, what is the depth level, where are you actually targeting those bass. And, you know, in about another five to six weeks, we're going to start seeing lake turnovers, too. Boy, that, that, that is true. And, uh, you know, there again, because of as you go from south to north, you know, we have kind of that climate factor that, that really comes into play. And we talk a lot about this during the spawn because the water in the south, you know, you can literally follow the spawn for six to seven months, you know, south to north. Likewise, with the lake turnover, you know, what, what happens there is obviously it's going to start cooling down a little bit faster in the north. So uh, he works that backwards as well. But again, like we've heard Bob Lusk say on here so many times, the, the turnover is, is 
basically the stratification of how that oxygen splits apart. Um, you've got those two temperatures, the thermocline, uh, that come into play. So the fish become scattered, trying to seek out that higher water quality right before uh, we move into the fall to where they bunch back up and the feeding frenzy takes place. So That's kind of good stuff there. That is. You know, and I love the way he categorizes his crankbaits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he is known. Um, I mean, obviously not just because, uh, you know, he's, he's sponsored by, you know, Bandit Lures, but... Pete has always been known for as long as I've, I've been around him uh, as, as really kind of a crankbait expert. And, you know, the guy, like, like he talked about in, during the interview, you know, you don't necessarily have to go out and have nearly as many crankbaits as what he does. But what he does suggest is that you have different depths, meaning maybe you, you have a square bill that's going to run from surface, you know, down to three feet that you can bang, you know, around the wood and things like that. Then maybe, you know, you want to have an, another bait that's going to hit uh, kind of that uh, up to about eight feet deep. And then you want those deep diving baits, you know, that uh, you can get down there and grind against the ledges things like that, and then just pick a few colors, you know, that's going to resemble the type of bait fish uh, that, that you're actually fishing for in the bass and, and the ones that they target, and uh, it's, it's just a real easy way to, to break it down and not have to, to have a lot of expense tied up, but certainly going to help you put a lot of fish in the boat. Oh, absolutely. Well, what a great interview, and he's, he's a really nice man, he so that, is. and that really comes across. It does, it does. Good time. All right, folks, we uh, need to take another break. When we come back, you're going to go to the Inside Ed segment, and I believe we're going to have Mr. Jake Tippy from Arden Outdoors on talking about some of their reels, and uh, Aaron and I will be right back right here on the Edge. You've got the truck. You've got the toys. Now it's time to get the hitch that gives you more time to play with both. It's the tow and stow receiver hitch by B&W. You want options? Select the ball size, adjust the height to level the trailer, or stow it out of the way in just seconds. It's 10,000 towing pounds worth of durability, convenience, and the latest technology that has made B&W famous. The Tow and Stow Receiver Hitch by B&W. Call 1-866-BEST-HITCH. Welcome back to The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge. All right, we are back on the edge, and joining us for this week's edition of the Inside Edge is Jake Tippy of Ardent Reels. Jake, uh, thanks so much for being part of the edge. Well, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be back. Well, you know, we, we've had you on here several times uh, talking about, you know, obviously the, the solid lineup of the XS Reels, the cleaning kits, and even had uh, Mike Brooks on here just uh, about a month ago uh, helping us out with uh, picking sponsors and, and how to approach uh, uh, sponsorship opportunities. You know, this week I, w- I want to focus our attention on the fact that you've, you've came out with several new products. Uh, one is the new F500 Reel. Uh, the addition of now the 5 to 1 gear ratio, and also this new Ardent smart call system that I think is really going to take the industry by storm. Absolutely. Like uh, like you were saying, we introduced some new products, and uh, the big one um, this year was going to be the F500 and the 5 to 1 gear ratio. And on the drawing board, we never had the Ardent smart call uh, ready, or not ready, but on the drawing board. Um, it was just something that we never thought about, and one day it just popped in our heads. And, uh, you know, the, the beautiful thing about having an idea is uh, having an engineer that can also produce that idea into a working product. And so many times, you know, you'll have an idea, you get a sample, and it's not quite what you expected it to be. Brandon Gray hit this one on the head and made an absolute just bomb. I mean, he 
this is the best product you're, you're going to find out this year with the Arden Smart Call. Well, and, you know, the, the, the fun thing is that, obviously, you guys continue to raise the bar each and every year. And quite honestly, I don't know how you do it. You know, you're, you're 100% made in the USA. All the reels have the three-year guarantee, uh, warranty, you know, that, that's on them. And now with, you know, the new Arden Smart Call, when looking at this, I think there's two big factors to consider. One is that it reduces the amount of stress that is placed on the fish in a culling situation. And uh, the other thing is, you know, it's going to help you keep your line in the water to be able to help you catch more fish. Absolutely. You know, when you when you first look at it, it's kind of one of those techie new products uh, that, you know, it's kind of innovative and, and, you know, you can set the pounds and ounces to the fish. But I think what a lot of people overlook is what it really does for you. And what, it, what it's going to do for you as a fisherman is it's going to save you time on the water. You know, when you fish a tournament, it's all about time. You get a big motor, you're flying to, the, you're flying to your first hole, to beat the next boat, and you're flying back to the weigh-in. Well, culling does not need to take that much time, and no more need for markers and, you know, different colored balls and trying to remember which one is which. Set the pounds and ounces on the ball, and your, your fish are in there, and you only have to pull one fish out at a time. That's the other part of this culling system is, is not stressing the fish as much. There's so many times when people forget to write down the weight on the chalkboard or the, the dry erase board or remember which color it was, so they pull all five fish out. And a lot of times that turns into a fish dying. You know, there goes some of your weight, and the, and the rest of the fish are stressed. Well, now, just look at look at the weight on the ball, take out that one fish, and replace it. And it's very, very simple. Well, and, you know, I, I can't stress that factor of what you just mentioned enough. I mean, you know, as anglers, we have to be conscious all the time of protecting our natural resources and ultimately that being the bass. And, and we know every time that we handle them, you know, it reduces the slime line. And there is that, you know, that opportunity to allow disease and, and that type of thing. But also, like you said, you know, just from a, a speed mentality of being able to open the live well lid, you don't have to handle them. You can, uh, each of the balls are colored. But also you can just look at the number of the weight uh, that is right there on the ball. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of people have already asked us questions, you know, regarding why don't you have a scale with your culling system? Well, I think most tournament anglers are, are smart enough to look at a fish between two and four pounds and say, that's a two pounder, that's a three pounder, that's a four pounder. Anything five, six, seven pounds, you're probably not going to cull it. Anything below two or in that one or maybe a little below area that, you know, it's kind of like that gray area. You know, if you don't know the exact weight, put zero, zero on it. So you know that's the fish you're going to cull. So, you know, it doesn't have to be the exact weight. When it comes to culling, the only thing you're really trying to do is pick out the smallest fish in your live well and replace it with the fish you just you just caught. You know, don't worry about having the exact, you know, numbers on the ball. And if you do, that's just icing on the cake. So, you know, you have a better idea of what your total weight is. Well, and, and the, the other thing, too, you know, when, when talking about fish care is the fact that Brandon and Ardent designed this so that it's compatible with all of your live well additives, regardless of what brand, you know, is your preference. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, the ball itself is very innovative, but when you look at the whole system uh, together, you know, Brandon developed a cable, you know, that um, has a coating on it that is very fish-friendly. Uh, we, have a, we have a clip, you know, for the fish that, you know, they're not going to get off. And, you know, having, having a ball that says the pounds and ounces is just, you know, like I said, the icing on the cake. It makes the product just a complete great product 
uh, for 2009. Well, um, you know, I certainly know that here at Bass Edge, we're, we're excited to, not only about the, the Arden Smart Call, but also uh, the new reels and then the addition of the 5 to 1 gear ratio. You know, in, in closing here, where can our listeners, um, you know, find out additional information, whether it be currently or in the future? Well, uh, the product will soon be available on BassEdge.com, and you can also find out more on our website, which is www.ardenreels.com, uh, or feel free to call us anytime, which is 660-395-9200. And, um, you know, if you have any questions or anything, go to bathedge.com and ask the pros. Well, Jake, once again, a great, great time, and uh, appreciate the information. Look forward to talking with you again in the near future. Well, I appreciate it. I, I thank you for being on here, and thanks for a, uh, another successful season with Bath Edge. When I'm fishing in a tournament, time is critical. I need fast, easy access to my lures. My Cook's Go-To Tackle System keeps my bait organized, tangle-free, and within easy reach. It installs in minutes under any deck lid, maximizing the storage space in my boat. And its durable construction lasts even through the harshest conditions. Get organized with Cook's Tackle System by calling 1-888-390-8780 or online at cooksgoto.com. Welcome back to The Edge. Hi, welcome back on The Edge Outdoors. Dan, Aaron, Martin. You know, those Inside Edge segments are a lot of fun, and I was really excited to learn about the new call. What kind of, was it an elk? Turkey or <laughs> yeah yeah oh you thought it said call no oh, exactly. it, wasn't that what he said yeah. call yeah the smart call the smart call I <laughs> like think that'd be phone. great yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, the fish call you and let you know when they're actually ready to bite well I, I you know what what more could you want exactly no you know, I think be, what he's referencing here is the smart call oh call yes oh like sorting yes like oh smart okay call, professional calling system there you okay. go well but, see I thought they were talking about predator hunting or something no. <laughs> I, you know so I live for these things but yeah, you know the neat thing about that is is Jake was actually in in on the development. He's the one that thought of the idea, that kind of pioneered the thought there, uh, mm-hmm. took it to the engineer, Brandon Gray, there at the organization. They ran with it from there, and I'm serious. This is going to revolutionize uh, the tournament fishing industry because, you know, it, it creates a lot less stress on the fish because you don't have to handle them as much. It's compatible yeah. with all the live well additives, so a lot of good things there, and uh, appreciate Jake's time. Well, how exactly does this thing work? Um, basically, what you have is uh, a series of floating balls that have a, uh, a fish-friendly cable that's attached to them. Uh, it's a smooth cable, so you don't have to worry about it bumping into the fish and uh, reducing that slime line. But on the top of the ball, uh, you have a dial. And uh, after you weigh the fish or if you want to guess uh, what that weight is, you dial that weight in so that, let's say if it's, you know, a two-and-a-half pounder, you put that in the top of the ball. That locks in place. It cannot be moved until you change that and remove the locking system um, so that that way when you get your sixth fish into the boat and it's time to make that distinguished choice between what fish is going back into the lake, all you have to do is just look down into the tops of those balls because they're floating there in your live well. You don't even have to make contact with the fish. You distinguish which one is the lightest fish. You grab it and release it back into the water it goes. Oh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's a neat system. Now, hey, you know, now on another flip side, uh, let's talk about the F500. Yeah, the F500. Uh, you know, that's the new flipping reel, technique yeah. specific. Did uh, you see what I did there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm just trying to get to the information. 
<laughs> well, I understand that that's got uh, a really a, high, a higher grade or faster grade of reel, or gear ratio on that reel. Well, um, the, basically what they've done is they've came out with two reels. One is the F500, which is flipping and is going to basically be used specifically for the technique of flipping. Now, the new XS1000 they came out with has the 5 to 1 gear five ratio, one. Okay. which uh, is a little bit slower, specifically used for cranking, because as you know, uh, you know, when you're cranking, you want to make sure that you're not reeling it too fast um, and that you have more control. So I think really they're going to fill two voids uh, that they previously didn't have and, and really just enhance their overall product lineup, even concerning the, you know, the great products that they already have. You know, Arden Reels made there in Macon, Missouri. They're pretty much known around the country for their castability. I mean, you, no question. you, you can cast those things a country mile. Oh Everybody gosh. I talk to that's fish with them, they really like them. Well, the funny thing is, is that, you know, uh, I've been using them for uh, about three years now, and I'll never forget, you know, I, I basically use the, the backing, you know, which basically what that means is that's the, the amount of line that's going to stay on your reel. Um, and to cut down on the amount of line that I was using, I would fill it about halfway full of, you know, just a monofilament or something for filler, and then put, you know, 100, 150 yards of uh, regular line, fluorocarbon or braid or whatever it was that I was using. But uh, the Arden, you can't do that because you'll, you can throw those things so daggone far that uh, you'll cast uh, past the knot on your backing. So now I'm, I'm basically spooling it up. But it has made a tremendous difference uh, in a lot of my fishing, just like with you know, throwing the frogs in the topwaters and that, being able to cast way back into the lily pads or the submerged vegetation. And I'm able to hit uh, you know, fish that I wasn't able to hit before. Also, schooling fish. You know, that's another big thing. When you're sitting out there maybe fishing a, a weed line, you notice some schoolers come up. And, you know, you've only got a, a short amount of time to be able to get to them. And those long casts really, really help. Absolutely. Hey, we've got a prize winner this week, Chris from Grayson, Kentucky. Chris, you're going to receive a collection of mother's waxes and polishes for your car, truck, boat, and use, including a magnum and aluminum polish. And is that Carnuba? That is Carnuba Cleaner Wax. Yep. That's supposed to be good stuff. That's very good stuff. And, uh, you know, you're able to basically put that on and kind of cleans at the same time that you're waxing. But, uh also in that is the, the Showtime Instant Detailer, the Preserve and Protect, and the FX, that new FX Sinwax that they came out with. Mm -hmm. And also, don't forget the Bass Edge Decal. You know, I'd like to know who comes up with these prize packages. I'm going to have to call back to the office because I don't know about you, Dan, but I haven't been seeing any of this stuff come my way. Uh, I was told not to talk about what I don't get anymore, <laughs> so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just move on to the listener question on that. So note. congratulations out to Chris with uh, the mother's package. Ron in DeSoto, Missouri. Ron says, or is asking, I fish a very clear lake. What is the best technique for to use in summer fishing? And I believe Mr. Ponce was kind enough to answer this. He did, and uh, basically ties into what he said right before. But it says, hey, Ron, sorry I took so long to respond as I've been on tour. I would say that uh, clear is in the eye of the beholder, as clear water in the south means you can see about a foot or two down into the water. I'm sure you're talking about 10 to 20 feet. If that is the case, then the bait would be a drop shot with around a foot leader. You know, be sure to uh, use as small of line as possible. Pete recommends 6 to 10 pound range in uh, the vicious fluorocarbon. He would also use a small bait such as a robo worm or a V&M pork pin. Watermelon, green pumpkin, or June bug are all great colors. Look for bait fish with your depth finder and search at that depth. Hope this helps. Sincerely, Pete Ponds. Yep, short and sweet. I like that. That's right. Hey, folks, don't forget to check out the latest uh, merchandise from Bass Edge. You can sign up for the newsletter absolutely free. It's BassEdge.com. Just click on the e-newsletter sign-up, and they'll take care of you good there. 
Don't forget when you sign up for prize giveaways like uh, Ron did, uh, to please put your shipping information on there so you get all that stuff from Mom. You know, Mom always wants you to get your stuff. <laughs> and uh, you know what? Don't forget about Ask the Pro section. Uh, there's a lot of new video chips or clips in there, however you want to say it, and a plethora of information waiting for you free at BassEdge.com. Right, Aaron? That's exactly right. Loved it. Love hearing from our listeners and uh, helps us learn along the way. Yeah. Are we still getting ratings from iTunes? Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't checked them. Uh, it's been a few weeks, but uh, I know the latest check was uh, all fantastic and, and really appreciate those. That that really helps us out in making sure that we're designing the, the program the way that our listeners want it. Well, there you go. Thanks for all the input, folks. We really appreciate it, the good and the bad. That's right. And, hey, don't forget uh, that newsletter. I know a lot of people on the radio show when you were on last week, they were wanting to know about certain uh, lures presentations and setups and all that stuff's on the website. That's right. And, uh, you know, that, that is a great resource just to go and be able to, where we can elaborate and uh, talk about techniques, specific baits, uh, so on and so forth. So, What's yeah. up next week? Next week, we have uh, BASS Elite Veteran Pro Davey Height and uh, also another great Inside Edge segment that will be coming up. So look forward to talking with Davey. All right, Aaron. I appreciate you spending some time with me here, and we'll see you next week. Uh, I'll meet you at the dock. Sounds great. All right, folks. We'll see you next time right here on The Edge. Bass Edge would like to thank the following sponsors who make the Edge audio program possible. Ditch Witch, Mother's Waxes and Polishes, V&W Trailer Hitches, MegaWare Keel Guard, Cook's Tackle Management Systems, Ardent, Rule the Water, Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Superstar Batteries, and the Clarks Hill Partnership of Georgia. For more information on Bass Edge, including our television show, training materials, e-newsletter, and podcast, please visit www.bassedge.com. Be sure to join us next week on The Edge.